Hello. Welcome to this fucking podcast, all you fucking people. Um, this is a definitely, this is definitely a split podcast. Uh, 10,000 Intos Project versus uh, Mystic Nathias Podcast because it kind of goes. Uh, <sighs> hard time catching my breath lately. Um, it's kind of a little bit of both. Um, the 10,000 Intos Project is kind of a branch off. It's 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 me doing a project where I'm tr- uh, documenting myself doing a an art project uh, where I do 10,000 Intos. Intos are a Japanese calligraphy meditative art. I'm going to do 10,000 of them because I need a lot of meditation. I need a lot of uh, focusing in on a minimalistic thing. Um kind of a flow art um wow what a podcast I have for you um as you may know in the and, I, and I'm, I'm probably not going to release this today because I'm I'm questioning on whether or not I should put this out uh until certain things happen um Five years ago, I um, met online a girl, a young woman. I met her because she is a sex cam girl. She's fucking hot. That's why I met her, because she was hot. But there were certain things about her that I really liked, um, and I ended up talking to her. And I, I didn't do that stuff very often, um, like, you know, because you, you get on the porn site and sometimes you just feel lonely and the porn doesn't work and you you don't you need something else or something and you know they always have that click over in the corner for like talk to actual people you know therapy (laughs) um for the lonely people uh for the for all the different types of yeah needy people and uh Anyways, there was this girl, and pretty quickly she would tell me all, all these different things about how she was lonely and how she couldn't get a boyfriend because no one respected women who did that. And I'm not a jealous guy, so it didn't bother me that that was her job. In fact, I th- thought she was kind of smart. Um, and fuck it, you know what, I'm anonymous, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay it all out there, I don't tell almost anybody this stuff, but I actually once, um, was a, uh, sex camp boy, I only did it one day, um, and realized it was not for me, and it might make you living money when you live in a third world country, but not in the U.S., um, unless you're popular, and for those who, 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 you know, think this is the case for every one of these like only fans or sex scam girls that like make a fuck ton of money there's like thousands and thousands that don't that, you know they make pizza money they don't make rent money um anyways this girl was really pretty really pretty and she knew all the right things to say and uh fast forward five years i took her on vacations on three continents uh racked up a bunch of debt it's not all my debt. Most of my debt probably is, is musical gear and all kind of stuff like that. Um, stuff that I thought I'd eventually pay off because I 
at this point in time have built up to where I make lower middle class money. At the same time, side note, my entire industry is shut down due to the writer's strike. So right now I'm in like a financial apocalypse implosion kind of situation where I was living paycheck to paycheck, paying off all this shit. And um, uh, the paycheck to paycheck, the weekly paycheck is gone. And uh, New York unemployment is, um, is pizza money, not rent money. Um, back to my story. Um, you know, this 10,000 Insos Project podcast is about me documenting my process of doing this art project, but there's all these other variables that are obstacles and, uh, anyways, I thought you might find this interesting. So, <sighs> wow, dude, I've been having so many problems lately, sleeping, uh, uh, just catching my breath. Uh, she left the other day in the middle of the night. Um, she had said she was moving out. Now I know that she was just waiting for her social security card, which I assume she got because she's gone. Um, you know, she's an immigrant. We got married a couple months ago. Um, fun fact uh, she'd always had this locket on, um, previously, because she said one of her, uh, ex-boyfriends had killed himself, and, um, she always wore this, and, uh, I just realized today, the time when she stopped wearing it, it was when she got married and put on my ring, so it was a souvenir, the trophy, um, This girl has a narcissistic personality disorder, which, you know, she had told me she was a narcissist uh, years ago. But I thought just that meant like, you know, regular narcissism, like she was vain, which is true. Shallow. True. I didn't know it was like on the level of like Jeffrey Dahmer sociopath kind of shit. Uh, which sociopaths and narcissistic personality disorder are, are, are different in a variety of ways. Um, all along, I was like, I knew that there was some issues. I ch always chalked it up to, she had this great story about how she got raped and then she got, uh, she was prostituted. She said she lost her virginity at 10, uh, raped at 13, prostituted at 14. And then she was a sex cam worker for five years. Uh, I met her on like year two of that journey in her life. Um, and you know, when I met her, I wasn't thinking that there was going to be anything. I was just like, that one's cute. I'm going to pay my $50 or whatever. And, um, uh, you might think, oh, you're a creepy guy or whatever, but you know, you don't go to a strip club and be like, okay, I need someone age appropriate because I'm, let's say, 35, um, so I need a, only a three-year variance. You go in there, and you're like, they're all legal. Um, that one has nice boobs. You don't go and be like, oh, well, you're 22, and I'm 33. This is not appropriate, because <laughs> it's, <not, clears throat> it's not really the thing. You know, somebody who's 22, they, they have sex. Um, their body's done grown. 
Um, they might not have the emotional maturity you do. Um, but uh, they're grown. They have sex. They might have been having sex since they were 10. They might have been having sex since they were 14 or whatever. Um, fast forward to um, homegirl getting her uh, social security card. Uh, she moved. Um, she said she was moving. And, um, you know, I was like, wait, you're moving? And she's like, yeah, tomorrow. And I'm like, well, then why are you staying here? Because she just, like, locked herself in her room. She was just going to, like... But this was another thing to just torture me. <clears throat> um, emotionally. Like, I, this might sound like I'm being a, a whiny fucker. Poor loser. Definitely the poor loser thing. Um, I know this is, like, embarrassing. Um, for me. At the same time, like, I don't feel stupid. Because this... I mean, I feel stupid. For sure. Because she... There was warning signs along the way, and but you know I always had it chalk, to chalk up. I'd read so many books about um, therapy for people with trauma, PTSD, affective disorder, because she, she said she was those things, and and I don't disagree. I don't I don't think those were untrue. Um, Although at this point in time, I don't know. I, I don't know about a lot of these things. If I wasn't there to witness it, I'm starting to question basically everything. Uh, because uh, she's like a fucking sociopath. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, my wife's a bitch. This is on a totally different level. This is Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. This is like... um. And I, you know, in the last few weeks, I had been doing, looking up all this stuff about affective disorder, or sorry, affect, not affect, not affective disorder. Um, those books are remarkably hard to find because it's grouped in with bipolar, which is different. And there's not too many books that I've found on affective disorder. Uh, you can find a million books about bipolar. Uh, it's much more widely known, much more household name. Affective disorder by itself is... Um, uh, seems to be less known, but maybe I need to relook into it. Maybe when she was saying affective disorder, that was um, narcissistic personality disorder. I'm grabbing a drink real quick, so if it sounds like things are changing in the ambience, it's because I walked to a different room because I need a beverage because my throat is my mouth is dry. Um. Recently, while I'm looking up all these videos, they started to pop up in the Instagram feed. Uh, narcissistic personality disorder. And all of a sudden, I was like, holy shit, wait. Maybe I'm just a real slow learner in some ways. But in other ways, I'm smart. I might, you might be listening to this, and from the outside, it might be like, well, you're a dumb son of a bitch. Um, I'm smart in some ways. Um... I need to say um less, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a complete fucking idiot. In fact, it's funny because as I'm watching these, 
um, they're talking about uh, some of the aspects of the other person in 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 the in these situations, the codependent person, the people pleaser. And one of the things they're talking about is like when you're like um, kind of hyper vigilant of people's some of the things they do. Uh, being able to read people like an empathy thing. Um, maybe not in the street smart way. I mean, maybe I'm not that street smart. <laughs> I don't know. At this point in time, I, I feel really like a fool, but I, I promise you I'm not as dumb as, as, as it might sound like. Because this is something like nor normal people can lie about something they can act a certain way but like donning an entire personality that they've created for years is like a whole other thing that's like secret agent spy um that's on a whole other level and all of this is on a whole other level you know, a lot of times I've, 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 you know, dated women and I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a fucking red flag. And sometimes I choose to ignore it because I'm always the person who gives somebody the benefit of a doubt. You know, I'm always a person who, I guess, I guess I've always believed that underneath there's, there's like a, 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 a decent person in there somewhere. Of course. That might be also true when a person also has no interest, ability, or um, the capability of, of changing yourself. Like, let's say, let's say you lie to somebody and, and then they catch you or whatever. The part the conscious part, the ha having a conscious part, um, only works if you, like, aren't actively working against that. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, if you point out somebody's problem with somebody, some people, they'll say, oh, well, you know, like, okay, not a great example. Let's say somebody's an alcoholic and you're like, you know, you drink too much. And they might deny it for a while, but eventually you might get through to them, and and then they they might they might want to change. There's a lot of people that go through life they want to change, but they they don't feel empowered to do so. That's very different from somebody who might have all the power in the world to do that, but they uh, don't want to change because there's a, some other whole level of some fucking darkness going on there where they're like no I like this and that's what I've come to realize um with um my wife uh she's a fucking vampire and I know everybody's like yeah my wife's a bitch um no my friend this is on a a different level this is like vampire shit once I started stumbling upon these videos, I was like, wait, 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 wait. You know, these Instagram reels. Which is funny because I think 
I mentioned in fucking half the podcast I've made that I, I haven't even released yet, and I need to do that. Um, maybe that's what I'll, I'll, I'll put out in, instead of these um, for the next couple days, because I don't know if I'm going to put this out immediately. Because uh, I, I think I have some work to do, and I don't want to talk about some of it um, on the podcast until I have um, figured out my liability in some situations and made some actions. Got to talk to the lawyer, um, the immigration lawyer, and possibly other ones. Because I'm in deeper than I thought. Um, so, yeah, um, where do we start? Uh, the other day I had her read this book about affective disorder and I even mentioned it on this podcast and, and later on she cried and said she wanted to kill herself and yada, yada, yada. And I've noticed some of the times when she's talking about committing suicide, she'll get this other look on her face, like this look of like pride and her chin sticks out a little bit. And it's like, she's proud of herself. Well, anyways, we got into a conversation and she was like, Oh, but I self-sabotage and I'm a bad person or something like that. And I'm like, but you, when you self-sabotage, um, you don't have to do that. It's a choice. And, um, you're only reinforcing to yourself that you're a bad person because you don't think you deserve love or whatever. And this smile that I've only seen a couple of times from her, uh, over the past five years, she had this smile and she was like, you don't even know. And I can show you videos, um, of things we've done in the past where she dons some of these faces where, um, and this sounds like I'm a crazy person. I'm sure but like you could see that like psychopath thing in her eye um which is amazing because one of the things that drew me into her especially when she was a sex cam girl she no longer is um she had this other face the most darling darling cute doll face the most sweet as pie, fucking innocent, fucking, and it was always interesting because she would do some, some real fucking, like, uh, um, she she she'd do some really perverse shit while having this like giddy, happy, innocent, darling kid face, which um kind of fucked with my head but like there was something to it <laughs> like um and she she had she had done that face even recently with me and i i think i realized those were the times when she was cheating on me was when she would initiate sex with that look on her face that giddy you know it was like different masks, different personalities. And these are subtle, too. Um, and I guess I'm a person who notices some of these things. Maybe, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm pretty, even more clueless than I know. But 
in some of these videos, they're talking about narcissistic personality disorder and the codependent people pleasers that they end up uh, taking advantage of. Um, uh, which I don't even feel comfortable with the whole me being taken advantage of. I mean, I guess I have, but at the same time, it just feels so emasculating. It makes me feel so stupid. And also, it makes me... I think it undermines how good they are at what they do. Um, but this this whole hypervigilance of little subtle clues and stuff, um, they were describing some of them. And I noticed that she does some of these things. Like, like if you catch someone doing something and it's fucked up, a normal person will like, and if, especially if there's lying involved or something like that, the other person will like, with, with a conscience, like look down you know from the shame a person who doesn't have they have shame but not remorse will look to the side she does that uh there's a whole bunch of things i used to work in a convenience store uh a long time ago uh, i've had a million different jobs one of them was a convenience store in a crazy part of town there was there was uh, halfway houses drunk tanks um it was where the cops let out people out of at a like county jail um was halfway houses, drunk tank, what else? There was like a rehab place. It was also where like all the hookers, meth heads, and junkies and everything roamed at night. It was like the fucking night of the living dead. Like even my, my, my manager, she was like, when I first moved here and started working this job, I, I really, it took me a while to think, are these people actually zombies? Because she, she was like, she was like, I really had a hard time not believing that some of them were zombies. Especially the motherfuckers who mix um, meth and, and heroin. I, I hear now, this is over 10 years ago, I hear now it's uh, meth and fent, fent, fentanyl is the, uh, is, the, is the drug of choice, which is such a wild thing, you know, and uh, that's a whole other story. I could go in and talk about that for a while, all my experiences, because I worked nights at this convenience store. Uh, almost got robbed a couple times. Uh, I got some good stories on that too. Just from that job alone, people used to say, dude, you need to write a book. Um, and I don't know, you know, some of these memories are fading. I think I definitely could write a book about some of these. Anyways, out of all these people, you know, because it was the night shift, so by, by 6 o'clock in the morning, you had people coming in, you know, suits and briefcases getting a coffee you know sleazy businessmen type um getting the coffee in the newspaper at night you know there was a certain hours where it was just like um like i said night of the living dead every so often you get people you know you get junkies hookers all these different people every so often you get one of these people that come in and like as soon as you looked in their eyes as soon as you looked at their face You'd see something different. There was like some kind of reptile brain thing going on, like some kind of lack of humanity in there. You could tell there was no, not a regular person in there. And sometimes that wasn't, you'd just be like, oh, well, something's fucked up with them. And then there's the other times you'd look at them and you're like, whoa, there's something dangerous in there. Um, and this is, I think, where your regular person who believes in magical things would say, you know, there was a demon inside that person. I could just feel it. Like I could just feel it in the room, you know. 
Um, I don't believe anything magical, but uh, I can see where they would get that feeling. There's a lot of things I want to talk about in this in, in the Mystic and Atheist podcast where it's like, okay, this is what people normally say this is a spiritual thing. And I'm just skeptical. And I'm questioning it. And here's why. Um, it's just like, have you ever done DMT or high-dose mushrooms? Or I've never done high-dose mescaline or high-dose acid. But I assume it's somewhere, I, I assume it's probably the same thing you get to a point where you feel like there's presences in the room or you go out of the room, you like leave your body and you'll go to, you know, hyperspace as they like to call it, especially with a DMT. Um, and people, people say, well, this is, you know, where the, there's other entities, God spirits, you know, my thing is always to come back to, yes, I understand those feelings. And after I went to hyperspace, I was like, Oh, this is where like all religions come from. This is where all of them are founded. This is the idea of heaven, hell, angels, gods, um, deities, spirits, uh, all that shit. This is where they're coming from that. Or this is where people get those ideas and those feelings. You know, you go, you go smoke the burning bush and then, um, you come up with, um, the book of revelations. This, like, seems like obvious evidence of that's what it is. Now, the difference between me and someone else is maybe, you know, some person will smoke, smoke some DMT, vape it or whatever, and then the, they come out with, um, you know, that the, the DMT is a key into um, uh, the spiritual plane or something like that. Whereas I'm like... Okay, I get what you're saying. I think this is where those people get those ideas about those kind of things in the first place. But that doesn't mean uh, it's anything uh, magical. Just like, and my big example is, I'm just making sure we're still recording. Uh, my big example is uh, when you take handful of mushrooms and you're sitting there and it looks like the walls are breathing or the carpet is, is swirling around making and sorry for the movement I, I had to get a drink I also I thought I heard someone outside the door I've been a little paranoid lately especially just because I've 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 now met someone who has something in them like on the level of like fucking Jeffrey Dahmer or some shit, some kind of serial killer shit. And, um, she's told me a couple things along the way. I don't know exactly what she's capable of. Um, and she's really fucking sneaky, very secretive, very fucking sneaky. Um, at the same time, she likes to, she, she, she wants to get caught with things and she wants to like push, push the envelope and, and push just to, just to show herself what she can get away with. Like a boasting thing. Like very, very recently package showed up to the house and, uh, someone had sent her 
Her name was on the package, but my phone number was on the package. Um, and uh, in the package was screen protectors, privacy screen protectors, uh, as well as a necklace, as well as shoelaces. Now, the shoelace part threw me off. I don't, I don't fucking understand that part. But this privacy screen protector thing, uh, really on the nose. And then she was like, oh, that's funny, because, but she's like, but th these aren't mine because they don't fit my phone. Um, I don't think that was the case. And the funny thing is she left, you know, I've gotten misshipments from Amazon before where you just get some random item. Like one time I got all of this, these, these paper rolls for cabinets, you know what I'm talking about? Like old ladies will put paper decorative paper inside the cabinets for whatever reason I guess because they, they they don't dry off the dishes and they put them up there I don't know whatever I got a whole bunch of rolls of that I didn't fucking order it I called Amazon they're like oh yeah shit happens sometimes like somebody somebody hits the wrong button something glitches and we ship out like a box full of something I got a whole bunch of I think it was um binders like paper binders and um and the paper rolls for whatever anyways I was like, this is really fucking weird. But then she put, like, these items kind of out on display. Like, a normal person would be like, oh, um, that's weird. We got a random thing in the mail. It was some kind of error. And whatever, we don't need it, throw it away or something like that. No, she kept this shit out on display. And uh, a privacy screen protector is just so on the fucking nose for a sneaky little bitch that's um running around finding um as they call it there's all this terminology with this stuff there's like groups that do um and I'm not going to run around and say I'm a survivor it just seems too too much of a victimization thing uh but the, they have these um narcissist um personality disorder uh survival groups and they, they, they call people like me the supply. I am a person who supplies her with things. And she uses it up until she can't get any more. I just am out of a job right now. I'm racked up in debt. And um, she no longer can get more things. And her social security guard card was supposed to show up any day. And I assume it, it must have showed up. Because she was asking about it every day. Like, did it come in the mail? Did it come in the mail? Then she stopped asking for it and said she was moving out. So, duh. Anyways, we're, let me backtrack a little bit there. Um, uh, yeah, the screen protector thing, yada, yada. Um, let me backtrack a little bit farther. Did I, did I even mention this? The other day we had this thing where um, we were talking about the issues of our relationship and how whatever intimacy we had was like dissolving at a quick, quick clip. And she was becoming more and more secretive, more and more whatever and hiding. And she, would, she was doing this thing where she'd like get up in the middle of the night, go in the other room and lock the door. And then I think she was camming with somebody 
which if she was camming for like money or whatever, I wouldn't, I'm not a jealous guy like that, but no, no, she was like, um, getting her next supply, uh, or supplies, uh, more people to give her stuff and Jesus Christ, she's hot. Jesus Christ. She's pretty little dull face. And yet at the same time, as much as she looks like a, like pretty young and, and a doll face, she just kind of does like some real sexually. She does some like really depraved degenerate shit. Which I'm not, I'm a vanilla guy, but like some of just the fact that she was like a little extra pervy in some some ways, uh, I don't know, kind of turned me on. You can you can sue me. I've always had a thing for cute faces. Like I'm not into kids, but like adults with like just really cute faces, Ch chicks with really cute faces with very adult bodies. She was a, had a very cute face, but she had a, a, a very much an adult woman's ass. Um, too much information for you. Probably think I'm a total creep. I don't know. I'm a guy. I, I like sex. Um, that's enough for some people to say, oh, you're a disgusting human being. Whatever. I'm a fucking ape, dude. I'm an animal. Um, we're basically like worms with arms and legs. You know, food comes in one side of the tube, it goes out the other side. We have all these complex biological things and we, we make them, some some of them seem very profound and spiritual and stuff like that, just even like on the terms of love. But you can make someone feel love with MDMA. You can do, you can check certain things inside a person's brain. You can play with certain circuits and certain receptors and you can turn on and off things. Um, someone will want to die. You can give them a pill and that, feeling decreases you can give you can play with someone's hormones they get horny you can take give those same hormones to, to um you can switch with those same hormones and turn off the horniness from for, for another person all of these things are complex as shit and some of them we still don't understand but they you know um you can get inside someone's brain and poke around and and um fuck with their memories their consciousness um, them having a conscience. Um, people want to make this all like a, that there's spirits and souls and stuff, but you can cut out part of someone's brain and they fucking no longer have empathy, which is what this girl hat has. She has, I think a very strong amount of the type. And I found out there's also multiple types of uh, empathy. There's the type of empathy where you can read a person, and then there's the kind of empathy where you have, you care about a person. Maybe this is where we're the opposite, because I always felt like me and this girl, we were had, we were hooked together in a way of of like opposite puzzle pieces, in so many ways, yin yang, you know. Um, it was something that I thought was kind of romantic, even though I know it was kind of fucked up. Uh, Maybe I'm the one that's like very uh, em empathetic, but with like feelings. And this person was very empathetic on the street smarts part, but then, you know, vice versa. Um, she could get me to uh, oh, how did I say that? I'm blanking out. She could appeal to my feelings, and I could 
I don't know. We're empathetic to each other, but in the opposite ways. Mine was feeling based and hers was like the street smarts, um, logical kind of reading a person kind of empathy. Um, found out so much this this is I was playing a game of love hers was a game of control absolutely a game of control uh, okay let's let's go back a little bit here so oh yeah yeah so so let me go all the way back to the part where people apply spirits and shit to psychedelic uh, situations experiences when you see the fucking ground swirl and all that kind of shit and the, and the walls breathe and all that stuff nobody goes oh I took some, some acid last night and um, the floor uh, was swirling the acid made the floor swirl the carpet did not swirl because of the acid you perceive it as that I think it's the same thing with when you take uh, DMT or some shit like that. Um, you might go to some hyperspace thing and th feel like you've talked to an angel or the devil or whatever the fuck. And it's, I think it's the same amount of realness as when the floor is swirling around. I'm, I'm not speculating on what else it entails, but to me that's what I kind of feel about it. Um, so anyways uh, moving on uh, periodically I'll do uh, ketamine when I'm depressed or stressed try to do it very infrequently because it, it can fuck up your bladder uh, I just don't like using anything too much anymore because I um I'm back. Jesus Christ, lately I've just been shaking sometimes. Having a hard time catching my breath sometimes. Um, sleeping problems. Uh, all kinds of fucking shit. I wake up multiple times in the night being like, where is she? Like I'm expecting her to be sleeping in the bed, but then I realize, no, no, she's, she's gone. And then even before that, it would be like, I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh, she's you know, uh, she's not home. She's somewhere else. And it got to be where I couldn't tell where she was at home unless I actually looked because she was like sneaking around and going and locking herself in the other room. Um, recently she came home and she had different underwear on than she left. I'm noticing little shit like that. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Make me feel I'm a, like, like I'm crazy or some shit. Uh, I don't have any proof, but I have a feeling that she, she blew somebody uh, and then came home and kissed me goodnight the other night. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe a week ago. Um, yeah. This bitch has this fucking evil inside of her. Anyways, where the hell was I at? Um, 
Yeah, dude. Uh, okay, let's go. Let's go to this. Maybe this will. I'll tell this little story and then I'll finish up with it. As I was talking about the different things of like you know uh, having like peak experiences on, on drugs and stuff like that, and and feeling like you're entering some kind of spiritual something, spiritual realm, talking entities, uh, whatever the fuck. So last night, I was like, you know what? Do a little ketamine um, to try to like let go of some of the of this stress. Um, you know, ketamine therapy. And I was like, how can I? How can I be a better person? I was like, this is what I want to think about when I do this. I want to think about like, how can I be a better person? How can I get over this? How can I? feel the feelings I have about this situation while on ketamine so that I can maybe work through it. Um, I'm, I'm going to be doing a lot of Wim Hof today. Um, so, and by the way, I had, I had some kratom in my system. I had quit kratom a few years ago. I had quit nicotine a few years ago, and here I am. I'm fucking sucking on this vape. And I'm on Kratom again, just because it makes your body feel a little bit better. Um, so last night, so this part, part of this could be a possible drug interaction thing. I do a good fat dose of ketamine up the nose. And I lay back. Normally this is where like I have some nice music on and I drift off into something happy la la land out of your body in some weird psychedelic head fuck weird space sometimes it's very alien sometimes it's very beautiful um take the big rip and I lay down like lean back lay down and all of a sudden it's like I wake up I can't move my body for a second and I'm like this is not like ketamine what happened What, what the fuck what what's going on here and the whole experience was very unlike any other ketamine experience I've done this could be the fact that I had kratom in my in my system um but um I felt size distortions and stuff and I felt different enough that I was like this doesn't feel like ketamine at all I was like and my first thought was she's poisoned me and then I was like, well, maybe it's... And then I was like, no, 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 because cause I got this ketamine after she left. Bought it, like, immediately after she left, because I knew I was going to need it to, you know, every few weeks, I try to let go, do a little soft reset on my brain, you know, hit the, hit the pull the power plug and, and pl- wait 10 seconds, plug it back in, like a modem or something like that, which is kind of how I view ketamine. Um... It's like when you turn your phone off and on your computer because something's not working and it just kind of re- reboots the system. A nice, safe re- reboot. Um, I'm, I'm like in shock, people. I'm, I feel like it's like a death and I feel in shock and I feel it in my body. So anyways, last night, at first I couldn't move. And I felt this sh- tremor in myself. 
and I like visualized. And then I was also like, am I in a dream? Did I die? I'm like checking my body. I'm like, cause like this isn't like normal ketamine thing. I'm like, did I die? Am I trapped here? What the fuck is, and then I can move like my arm and then I can move my leg, you know? And, and I felt this heaviness and normally you can't, you're like dizzy and like you can't, kind of a loss of motor control like a like a like you've seen videos of like an animal after they get hit by a tranqu- tranquilizer um dart they they try to run and they kind of stumble and just kind of fall over i mean that's basically what ketamine does it's like a, it's like a anesthetic tranquilizer where you're taking a sub anesthetic anesthetic dose um so it doesn't completely turn you off it just kind of like disconnects your brain from your body so I have like these shakes and stuff and I'm like, I wonder if that's because I had kratom in my system, but I'm like, I feel like I would, maybe I've, and I'm, and I'm thinking, well, those aren't the same receptors. They're not acting on the same receptors, but there's also like 16 different active alkaloids in kratom. The main one is a uh, mitragynine, mitragynine. I don't know how you pronounce that. Uh, mitragynine. Uh, and it's, it, it, operates on your um, mu opioid receptor. Uh, and I'm like, is it your, is it a different opioid receptor? I'm like, no, 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 that's, that's, that's um, salvia. Salvia works on your kappa opioid receptor. And I'm like, um, that's not ketamine. Ketamine's uh, NMDA, that receptor. It's a different, different, different thing. So these shouldn't necessarily connect with each other. Um, but my body's shaking and I'm like, do I have an arrhythmia? Like something's really, am I having a heart attack? Am I having a stroke? Like, and this shakiness, this, this like tremor was like a beat. It was like a thun, 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 thun. And it was like moving through my body. And then I was like, you know, and I was, I was, I was fucking high, but like I had this really extremely, strong like I wasn't even questioning I was like she's poisoned me or she put some kind of voodoo spell on me and that's not normally how I think I'm not paranoid like that and I don't you normally don't get those thoughts unless you believe in those things in the first place you know what I'm saying like if you if you walk around with the un, under uh like the underlying thought that like God's a part of everything then you'll like see God as a part of everything and, and you know something unlucky happens something good luck happens you you just automatically attribute to, to that. I never think about things in, in terms of like, oh, there's a spirit behind this or there's a there's good luck or a, there's an angel watching out for me. But I, I just had this really fucking strong feeling of like, like there was an evil spirit in her that she had somehow tricked to get into me or she had done some kind of spell to get it in me. Or that I was poisoned, and I was thinking about how could she have poisoned me? And I was thinking maybe she put like rat poison in something, because I just had this shake, and it, it reminded me of like rats when they when they if you ever you live in New York City, every so often you're going to see a rat that's got into some strychnine poison, and the thing just like shakes, like it's like and the whole body just like shakes. And I'm like, oh, am I having, I'm not, it just doesn't feel like a seizure. I don't know. Maybe I did have a minor seizure. I don't, I don't know. 
Maybe I should stay the fuck away from ketamine from now on. I know that taking kratom can, um, I'm pretty sure that taking any opiates can up your um, possibility for a seizure. So maybe I had a mini seizure. I was trying not to panic, and I just had this feeling, and I kind of had this visualization of me, and I just did it as I was kind of visualizing it. I just needed to get up and lay in her bed because she got she 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 got me to get her a tiny bed for the other room to sleep in because she said she couldn't sleep in the same bed with me because I snored and she had other all bunch of other things that she had to say. Um, anyways, I went and laid in her bed and then the, sh- the shaking got like really pronounced and it was like something came into me. Uh, and then it was about like two minutes later, my mom called me and asked me how I was doing. And it was really fucking weird. These like synchronicity kind of things. And I don't, I don't believe in those kind of things. And she asked me a bunch of questions and I could tell something was weird with her voice. And I was trying to talk straight, but I, I couldn't like move my, my own voice was weird and I felt weird. Uh, I didn't feel like I had complete control over my body, which is what you have on ketamine. But this, everything about this was foreign and alien compared to um, every other ketamine experience I've ever had. Maybe I had a, a minor seizure. I don't know. Um, this was strong and I was like I wonder if this is not going to go away this shake and I was trying to check my my pulse and things even though my body's like and my arm is just like but I had been feeling shakiness and shit the day before and uh, even the night before and I thought maybe it was an electrolyte thing because I, I do like keto or quasi-keto, and I've had electrolyte problems before. But I was like, I took electrolytes earlier today. Like, I shouldn't have any muscle twitches. Like, I, I, there's, I, I found out all about the electrolyte thing because um, when I first early was doing um, the no-carb thing, I was getting really run down, and at one point in time I got Bell's palsy where, like, something in my eye muscles was twitching like mad for like two weeks. And one of my friends was like, you probably, you probably don't have potassium or magnesium or whatever, whatever. And it had been driving me nuts for two weeks. So I was like, my eyelid was just going. And, you know, this was at work. This dude told me that after work, I went to, you know, your local CVS Rite Aid, uh, Walgreens. I went and got, um, uh, potassium and magnesium took it, and when I woke up, the, the the twitch in my face was gone that had been there for two weeks. And I was like, "But no, I took I took fucking electrolytes." And I was like, "Did I take too much?" Because I know if you take too much, too many electrolytes can make it so that your body the electrical signals like um, can go too hard, like it can fuck with your heart, all these different things. And I'm like trying to self-diagnose this, but I'm also like laying in a bed like twitching um all of this made me think like it was so strong it made me question 
whether or not I believed in spirits in general, and I don't. But especially because like, I still don't have any proof. Was this an electrolyte thing? Was this a drug interaction? Was this a whatever? Is it just the fact that I'm in my body's in shock? It's my feelings deep in my subconscious and everything just fucking having going into some some kind of shock. I don't know. People talk about like somatic work and and I'm not super familiar with that. I, I pay some amount of attention to the, some of these things, and I uh, I just uh, sorry one sec. Nothing. 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 There's a phone going off. I'm gonna turn it on silent. Normal people. I think the average person would say this was definitely a spiritual event of some sort. And, uh, one sec, sorry. There we go. It's on silent. Come on, go silent. There we go. Turn the phone silent off and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, uh, a normal person, I think, would just chalk this up completely to like, I'm not much of a spiritual person, but this, this, I really felt the presence of evil or something like that. Um, this is like one of the most, this was one of the most profound feelings of something like that I've ever felt in my life. Um, I've had some other moments in my life where I felt something like that, but then I would kind of laugh at it, and I was like, well, I'm on drugs. Uh, one time I, I had an experience where um, I took some mushrooms, and I was drinking a low, I was drinking a 40, and uh, when they started to kick in, I kind of looked around the room, and I was like, I just felt this presence, and I was like, oh, the aliens are here. And it's not, I don't actually believe in entities or whatever, but like they just felt something like that in the room, like there was aliens there watching me. Um, they were just there in the room with me. I didn't see anything. I actually didn't have any, like, hallucinations or anything. Um, but I felt them, and then I, I laughed about it because I was like, ah, oh, this is kind of this weird, familiar feeling when you get on shrooms or some, some stronger psychedelic. You'll have these feelings that feel familiar. They're the most alien, wild, and, and strange fucking experiences you're ever going to have in your life but they they feel familiar at the same time and I'm not the first person to say that you know it's funny people will do DMT and they'll have like these um, things that are very similar to alien abduction things they'll have these experiences that are close to um, near life near, near death experiences and some of the people draw and read since they're so intense and vivid and unlike when you see something swirl around on the floor, like like the carpet pattern in the carpet, like moving around, these are like, you know, that's just a visual thing. You either see it or you don't. But there's there's nothing 
deep to it. These are like hallucinations of your feelings and perceptions of like, um, hallucinations. I think that's what it is. Or, or at least the best way I can describe it. It's like a hallucination of like when you feel the presence of another person. You ever stand next to a person and you feel a little bit of their body heat radiating off of them? You just feel, without physically touching them, you can feel their presence next to you. <clears throat> um, it's subtle, but you can feel that they're next to you. Uh, you feel the warmth coming off of their body without actually touching. And the closer you get your hand to them, the more, especially when it be on the back of your hand, you can feel warmth radiating off their body. Or you can feel a certain emotion coming from and to a person, you know? Um, these experiences are like hallucinations of that. Of those kind of feelings. Those feelings of like, connectedness to another person and I don't know how else how to describe it but it's it's, it's a strong there's a there's a strong feeling in my head of how I could describe it but I can't I can't get the words out um so anyways last night I'm having the shakes It's like this thing that I, I apparently rabbits in, in some other types of ant prey animals do. Uh, when, a, when a jackrabbit gets chased by a fox or a, uh, I was about to say werewolf, <laughs> if, if they get chased by like a coyote, once they make it to safety and are, are, are good to go, they will have this trauma response where, um, you know, all of their, their, their flight, the fight or flight system, that kicks on and, and all this dopamine dumps into their system. And then when they finally find safety, they release all that and their whole body shakes. Uh, you can see video of this. It's fucking crazy. They just like sit there and twitch like a motherfucker. This was that, as best I can tell. There's been a few times I was dumb and mixed together certain supplements, especially ones that increase dopamine, because dopamine is a great chemical to have in your body. There's definitely downsides to it. Uh, you can be too hyper, uh, what's the word, um, fixated thought-wise, like you can ruminate. Your your mind can race and stuff, but you can also do other shit. Like you can, you can you can fuck as a dude. You can fuck, and um, even after your orgasm, your your dick doesn't. What do they call that? Um, uh, it's a certain amount of time reactivity. T uh, I can't think of the name, but there's a, there's a word for it. There's a thing where you know when you know, when a guy blows load. Unless he's like some kind of tantric uh, ninja, your dick stops working and you want to go to sleep because your body releases all this prolactin. 
it's the go to sleep, but it's time for homegirl to catch a different dick and you not to care. It's where the post nut clarity thing comes into play. Like, and your dick isn't just not going to work for a while. Um, when you're young, that might be 30 seconds. When you're old, it might be two weeks. Um, if you offset your dopamine, you can uh, decrease or um, negate that process entirely and just keep on banging. You can blow a load and take a deep breath and keep on <laughs> keep getting head right towards the next one, you know? Um, so I've done that just for, for yucks. Um, also, you can get a lot done with dopamine. You know, there's one way to fuck with your dopamine. There's nicotine, caffeine, all these other things. But then you can just increase the dopamine baseline in your body. I don't really recommend this. You can do, you can fuck yourself up. And if you, if you, uh, fuck with your dopamine too much, you could, you can get Parkinson's, you can get all these other things, which Parkinson's is your body uncontrollably shaking. Uh, I don't think most of the alkaloids in Kratom have much fuck all to do with dopamine. Uh, Ketamine itself works on your NMDA NMDA receptors. I don't I don't know off the top of my head how how connected that is to dopamine. But I shook, and I've been having so many sleeping problems and panic attacks. And like even now, I'm just I keep feeling like I have to catch my breath. That's why I need to do Wim Hof like every fucking day. I need to reset some of the parts of my body because I have too much. fight, flight, or fawn those chemicals in me. And because uh, I'm in shock, because a lot of things. So last night I just I just shook. And it took hours for that to really completely subside. And I felt all these weird cramps and stuff in different parts of my body. I felt different heavinesses. I felt different like numbness. It moved around over my body in different places. I even got to the point where I was like, I'm going to take a shower and think about this. And if if, if, if something doesn't get better, I'm going to go to the hospital. I'm going to go to the ER. But, you know, I live in New York. Going to the ER means you're going to, like, sit there for 10 hours waiting. And unless you're, like, bleeding out on the ground, you might just sit there for eight hours and by the time you get in there, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You cut your hands almost off, but uh, stop bleeding. And uh, so we're just going to leave it alone. And you're like, and then like, they give you the bill. So I'm like, I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to think about this. Like, should I go to the hospital? I drink some water. I drink some more water. And I kept having all these paranoid thoughts like, whoa, whoa, whoa maybe she poisoned something. Maybe she put rat poison in the water filter. And I was like, but the water filter would kind of negate that I don't I don't know I'm like I'm like there's nothing she I don't think she could have poisoned me I don't I don't and, and I'm like that's crazy that's that's me being crazy that's me being paranoid and I just had these shakes and uh it went on for 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 hours and they eventually went away and this morning I don't I don't feel any of the feels shaky in general but it's not that there was this rhythm to it it was like a heartbeat but faster and I even checked. It wasn't. It didn't match my pulse. And for a while, I couldn't find my pulse. Uh, and I was checking on my neck. I was checking on the inside of my. Um, you can check like on the inside of your wrist near your thumb. 
somewhere. I might be fucking that up. I know it's somewhere over there, <laughs> but it's been a million years since I took a CPR class. Um, regardless, I'm like, it, it really made me question whether or not any of these stuff, I'm like, none of this is logical. None of this is logical. That she could have put some kind of spell on me or that, that there's a poison in something. Um, that's where I'm at. It's, 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 it's fucked with my mental health, this whole thing. Especially now when I'm looking back, connecting the dots without the, the rose-colored glasses and without the, the eternal optimism that I have always had. That like there's a good person down in there somewhere. And all these videos just kept pointing out things like you, you ever point out that someone's like lying or they're doing this or that they've, they've done something wrong. Uh, and you, they just keep gaslighting you. They keep deflecting. They keep flipping the script that it's, it's actually your problem. And you're like, how is that my problem that you do this terrible thing to me? <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I think I'm going to stay off the caffeine for the rest of the day. That's for sure. I'm going to definitely do a lot more Wim Hof. And uh, uh, I'm not going to take anything else fun. Uh, there's going to be some ketamine therapy in the future, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a lighter dose. Um I'm going to do breathing exercises before, during, after. Um, what's this have to do with the 10,000 ENSOs project at all? This is me documenting doing 10,000 ENSOs and, and, and what is going on in my life with that. And I, I Originally, the, the Mystic Nathias podcast and this podcast was going to be, I was going to try really hard not to be biographical. But this is what's going on. So if you see, like, hey, the guy said he was going to, like, put something up on the website the other day. Um, and, he, and he didn't. Just because I'm having trouble sleeping. I wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm like, reach over. She's not She's not there. She's already banging somebody else. And Jesus Christ. That girl is, when, when she's on her A game sexual dynamo uh, such a cute little face the shit she does the shit she can do that I didn't know that humans could do, I didn't know that women could do I'm not going to go into graphic detail but the things she can do is fucking amazing uh, fucking amazing I know that makes me a creep or whatever but all of you have had sex. All of you have masturbated. You all do it. Unless you're like asexual. Here, I just gave a shout out to a normally marginalized and often not spoken about community. I care about everybody. Um, I don't understand the fucking non-sexual thing. I've, I've been a, a, a walking um, billboard for guilt and shame. That was brainwashing to me by, uh, what the hell's his name? 
the nineties it was all about that, the guilt and the shame. And it was it was powered also with the um the AIDS AIDS scare and everything else. AIDS back then was a death sentence. You know, and they basically by the time you were sixteen they had you convinced that if you had sex outside of marriage you were basically fucking everyone in the world because if they had sex with somebody else, that person had sex with other people. And it was like a family tree type thing where it just it exponentially grows. If you fuck one person, you're fucking like everyone in the world. You're fucking whores without a condom. You're 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 fucking everybody they fucked, every drug user, every because they just like they 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 made it seem like you have sex once and you're just gonna get AIDS and uh, and warts and pregnancy is like almost unstoppable because condoms break and yada 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 and birth control doesn't really work. Um, despite the numbers, they had uh, their own numbers and they were wildly misrepresenting things and they they had you totally in fear that, you know, you were definitely going to die. <laughs> and not only that, it wasn't just that kind of fear. Cause I know Catholics always say like, Oh, you know, Catholic guilt, Catholic guilt. It's, it's a slightly different flavor. They're always like, you're going, you're a bad person. You're going to hell for doing that. There was something extra special with like evangelical, uh, sex guilt. They had this whole thing where they were like, if you have sex, no, no, before that, if you look at someone in a sexual way, you are disrespecting them. It's impossible for you to love them because you are raping them with your mind. And it was like, even if you're not staring, even if you just, any, it is a thought crime thing. It was like, you're raping them. And it's like, uh, that's like the sexual urge itself is, is, is like a form of rape. It's fucking wild. That'd be all fucked up. So, uh, I have a lot of issues I'm trying to work on. Um, and I've, I've worked on some of them. Like I always point out, I've lost like 130, 140 pounds, depending on the day. Right now, I actually have gained back like 15 pounds. But I, I can lose that in a week or two because I'm pretty good at dropping that extra little bit and maintaining it. And I've also been going to the gym a lot lately, and I can feel it differently in my body. Like I'm just walking around with like tight abs. But I've also just felt tightness all over my body. So I don't know how much of it's me going to the gym and how much of it's me just walking around with like tension just really strong tension and tiredness i need to go do some cardio or something i don't know if i'm gonna go to the gym today i i don't know i i'm gonna be talking to the lawyer some more the immigration lawyer i already hired to help her um and i'm really questioning on i need to now that i've seen i've basically been chasing a vampire for five years i'm and in some other things i won't go into that she said in the past I, i'm not gonna it's too embarrassing it you know it got to a point in time in this relationship where i felt like i didn't want to talk about some of the things that were going on because i was like i know this looks really bad this looks like she's doing this i know that's what it looks like everything about this makes it look like she's doing this but 
Like, here's her excuses, and I believe her. And I went against my own t- intuition, even when I would wake up in the middle of the night and be like, she's doing that. She's doing that. I think she's doing it right now. It even got to the this weird thing of like, I don't know what this means, but I would wake up in the middle of the night and be like, she's cheating on somebody. And I'd look over at my phone and I'd look at the text thing and um, she'd turn her phone on to silent. She was, you know, somewhere else. She was out probably banging somebody, but she'd turn her phone on to silent, like a, or do not disturb. And then like a half an hour later, she'd turn that back off. Um, and these were times where she said she was like staying at somebody, you know, this chick's house. A lot of times I would ask her questions and she would give me extra evidence that I didn't ask for. And I was, I was always trying not to be nosy or anything, but I'm like, dude, some of these things, you just, you just make me worry. Cause like, if you just disappear, you need to let me know that you're not dead in a gutter somewhere. You know, she's brand new to this city. At first, I thought, she, you know, she's this kind of innocent girl. She, I would hate for her to get, like, lost somewhere and not be able to find where the train is or need a ride. So, so, you know, just something, like, because I'm, I'm I worry about stuff like that. Instead, she'd be like, you know, oh, I'm not hanging out with any guys, and here's a picture of me doing this. And I'd be like, uh, Okay. So, so I probably was fucking some dude. That's not now looking back. A lot of these things, I'm like, oh, okay. So, so she was doing that. Um, like I said, one night in particular, I I really don't have any proof. I have a very very strong feeling that she blew somebody and then came in. And uh, gave me a kiss, a goodnight kiss, before she went and locked herself in the other room. Um, and I, she had a whole sense of pride and everything about her. I think I think that's what she did. Uh, and it would make sense that she would have so much pride about these things because, like, I'll just let it out here. There's more too much information. <laughs> um, blowjobs are one of my favorite things. Um, haven't had one of those in a couple of years, but um, one of my favorite things I really think, and all my proof is, is that she posted all these pictures on Instagram uh, at a Mets game. Someone took her to see the Mets, and um, then she came home, and um, her hat was on backwards, and. She came and gave me multiple kisses on the face, which is not, by that time in the relationship, kissing me on the face was not um, not her normal thing. So I have a strong feeling she, she felt really proud of herself. She went and blew some dude. It's my guess. Because that's, it's like poetic justice-wise what makes sense. And at this point in time, I mean... I, I paid very, I noticed all kind of little things and I wouldn't mention a lot of these things. I just would notice things and I didn't want to be nosy. I didn't want to be accusatory, but now looking back now that I've seen, it's like, 
it's like this kind of uh, vampire chimera kind of thing. I'm like, that's 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 uh, what's just a safe assumption. That's what was going on. I need to get an STD test uh, soon, especially since I wouldn't put it past her to go and find somebody and get herpes just to pass it on. I don't know. Especially since I had like been like, I don't know what you're doing, but you you need to you know. You need to wear a condom because originally this was all supposed to be an ethically non-monogamous kind of thing, and uh, along the way, I found out it's it's not. On my end, it was me reading books about how to keep open, uh, open, honest communication, trust, uh, all these things, and uh, that's not her thing. Her thing was secrecy, deception. Uh, uh, trying to make someone else jealous, trying to fuck with somebody else's head, uh, just trying to push their buttons and see what you can get away with that'll piss them off and what you can get... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this is another one of those ones where people will be like, I saw evil last night. And um pretty sure... That anybody that uh, has seen some of the things I've seen with this girl, you'd say something similar to that. I don't think it's evil. And I've looked it up. There's actually, there's actually like psychedelic therapies for, uh, for this. Supposedly you can uh, ramp down some of these narcissistic things and... Uh, and, and increase empathy in a, in a person like this. But here's the thing. You have to really be careful with it from what I can, I've read. If you, if you go about this wrong, um, and, and let's say get somebody like this to do ayahuasca or acid or something like that. Um, well, all right, I'm back. Um, today's song for the day for the podcast is, uh, Tales from the Crypt seems really appropriate by um, producer, artist, band, whatever. If it's just one person behind a computer, is you call it a band? I don't know. Uh, sepia or sepia? I, 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 you know, I'm a person who reads things and doesn't talk to other people in person who know anything. Um, not that I'm special. I just um, am a loner. A good mark for somebody like my wife uh sepia tone sepia tone i've never known known which one it is maybe it's both i don't know uh what else for this podcast i think that's it i'm exhausted um I probably had a point. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna go back and I'm going to see what I was talking about because I feel like I had one more point. Um, one sec. All right, sorry, I'm back. I'm gonna wrap this up. Um, I listened back to the podcast and some of the parts where I took a break to make sure I wasn't missing anything major. <laughs> Let me just say that like a couple things. A. Um. Like I was saying earlier, people people discount. They don't. No one. No one like 
takes it as meaning a whole lot when you look down and you're on fucking five grams of shrooms that like, you know, the, the carpet is, is displaying movement patterns, kind of like waves or something like that. You'll see almost like grass moving in, in the wind or the breeze. No one looks at the carpet and goes, hey, I took acid and it's making the carpet move. No one thinks that. But then when you have hallucinations on your feelings and your feelings, people can will take that as meaning they feel a presence of something or or that they felt certain things. Like, let me give you an example. So let's say if you walk into a room and there's a bunch of friends sitting playing poker and there's just this feeling of camaraderie and there's just a different energy in the room. I don't mean like a, a spiritual energy, like, you know, a vibration, man. But like, you know, there's a feeling, let's say there's a feeling of camaraderie or a feeling of, of uh, everybody's joking around, some kind of jovial, friendly vibe, a vibe, man. And then let's say you can tell someone's lying. You'll get like a whole different feeling. It's a feeling. It's not, it's not necessarily something you can see, touch, taste. It doesn't appeal to those senses. It's part of your feelings. It's a little more complex. It's a little bit more abstract. Um, last night I had the feeling of like I was poisoned, tricked, uh, a spell was put on me or something and something like entered my body. It felt like that. It felt like I had I, even, even like sometimes when I'm tripping, I'll, I'll get like a, a phrase will pop out of my head. It's like your normal train of thought, but it's almost like someone's talking. It's not like you're hearing voices. You don't get the feeling like, you know, you heard a voice in another room. It's like the call's coming from inside the house. You you hear some, you, you like, and I don't even know if you want to call it, you hear it because it's it's a, it's a like a feeling or something. It's in between a feeling and actually physically hearing something. But I, I it was like, she got me. She poisoned me. And I felt like something entered my body. And I felt like... Um, my body was not completely in my control. And not like the regular ketamine thing where like you feel like drunk or you're like, where is my arm? And you look down and you're like, you can't move it right because you're halfway anesthetized. This was like, I'm not completely in control of it. And it was twitching and doing some other stuff, motor, motor neuron stuff. But then it was like, it, it just felt like something was in control of my body. And I went and I, I, Somehow, even though normally I can barely walk when I take a fucking K-hole size dose of ketamine and slow down and talk, my Spanish teacher is is, is a fucking gem of a person. And she's always like, you, you got this. You just need to slow down a little bit. You go faster than, you know, you're clicking on the files faster than they can open. And the little beach ball is spinning. Um, the little gear is spinning. The little loading thing, whatever computer analogy, you know what I'm talking about. If I just slow down a little bit, I can talk better. I can talk way more better. So I, I, I totally got up without any real issue, walked straight in and laid down in her bed, and that's when like a whole different wave of things came over me. It felt like they'd entered me, and then that's when my mom called me, <laughs> um, which is weird. Um, and then several other people called me and were like, how are you feeling? And, and it made me even more paranoid with the fact where I was like, did she poison me? Because I, I get up, I got up and I peed and my bladder hurt. 
I, I lay down. I'm like, there's a heaviness in my stomach. And then I felt something in my chest. And the, there was a hotness and a coldness and a pressure. And then I even thought, like, well, maybe she, like, put some acid in my in the water pitcher or something like that. Am I coming up on acid? This is not the feelings you get when you're on ketamine. There was just, like, this whole body thing. Uh, Huberman Lab was talking recently about doing... Um, therapeutic MDMA and he was talking about how he had this like somatic experience by which I mean like a body experience where he like shook and his body was like connected in his feel to his feelings in certain ways and um yeah uh there was a hotness a coldness there was pressure like a buzzing f f sensation that moved around different parts of my body. Different parts were really hot, really cold. I shook, but it wasn't to my heartbeat. It was like to a, it was like a, on one of those hammer guns. And I know, you know, this is what white people do. They, they, they like to talk about the weird things that happened when they got fucked up. I get it. Um, I'm doing that. One time I got so fucked up, man. This is how fucked up I was. This was is close to something in the movies of like someone having a spirit enter them <laughs> um, and maybe out of them at the same time, but mainly into them. And I just got the sense of like she poisoned me or there was a spell put over me or something. And I shook and it didn't go away for hours. Uh, I think I dosed up at like uh, six. 5.36, something like that. I was looking at the clock at 11 o'clock at night, being like, why am I still shaking? I was like, do, should I go to the hospital? What are they going to do? They're like, oh, I snorted some ketamine. Now I feel weird. I was like, I should just wait it out. If I feel like this, if I feel the same in the morning, I'm going to the hospital. It's not what how, how it normally works when I do ketamine. Um... It is weird a lot of times when I'll do ketamine, I'll have thoughts about people and things, and sometimes they'll call me on the phone. Speaking about spirits and all that kind of, all that jazz, and the fact that um, there's like multiple personalities in my wife, wherever she may be at the moment, I'll wake up and think about her, and then, you know, but one time we did MDMA, everything was perfect. We were on a beach in Mexico. Uh, first she was being her normal fussy self. Um, like we did it and she was just like, I don't feel anything. Just lay here and be quiet. And I was like, no, 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 you got to eat something because you know, if you have something in your stomach, sometimes it just sits there. Like normally the best way to do things when you take something orally, you know, like a pill or powder, you know, some small amount of something. If whether you have an empty stomach, especially if you have an empty stomach, if it's just sitting down there, sometimes just drinking a glass of water, glass of juice, eating one piece of candy, something like that, triggers your stomach into saying, hey, there's something in here, especially things with sugar. And you just have enough just to, like trigger your stomach's absorption process. And then it's sort of just kicking. You don't want to do it. The, the, you don't want to 
eat something the moment you take it, like with it, because it'll just sit there. Or you're maybe it takes a little while for the pill to dissolve or something like that. But if you take something, then wait like you know twenty minutes, and then drink, you know something, especially if it has sugar in it. It it makes your body absorb. So I was like, and I I had already done this. I had eaten some chocolate, and chocolate is the greatest thing to eat when you're doing any any form of oral oral route drug. Or in general, chocolate's amazing. It has MAOIs. It has so many different chemicals besides the theobromine, uh, which is theobromine is the main main attraction to a good chocolate buzz. So she takes MDMA. MDMA, again, is the one that gives you empathy. MDMA is the one that uh, helps you feel love and all that. And uh, she turned into temporarily like a 10 year old I'm not sure when the childhood development stunting thing happens that you become uh, a narcissist but allegedly uh, in the um, these people yeah, like Freud or whatever say that everyone goes through a narcissistic phase and then some people something gets stunted and they get stuck there there's other people say that it's like a developed thing like in most things, there's there might be a genetic component, but it seems to be something that is a developed trait. And it's it's about pride and, and a lot of these kind of things and arrogance, but it's it's also extremely shame based, especially in the terms of they, they they don't have remorse because they can't face it. It's too big. They have too much remorse. It's one of the reasons why I'm reading all this stuff. Um, uh, one of the things when they, you know, because I'm always a person that just feels guilty. When they talk about narcissism, I'm like, I wonder if I'm a narcissist. Because um, there's a few things, that boxes I check off. And one of them is like just immense amounts of shame. But I also just feel immense amounts of remorse all the time for everything. Every shitty thing I've ever done is like stuck in my mind. And it makes me feel like an unwantable, unlovable person. Um, which is, I guess, why I was the opposite puzzle piece for this, this, this girl. Even how I met her was some kind of guilt. I was like, she looks too young. I mean, she's, she's not an adult. Fucking gonna turn twenty five in a few months, but um, just meeting her made me feel guilty. I was like, it's kind of I feel guilty being sexually attracted to somebody who's kind of kid like, but not every part of her is kid like. Just her face is for sure. She looks like a cartoon baby version of uh, Penelope Cruz. Fucking adorable. Um. But then she does actions that are so adult-like, uh, and I'm not I'm not attracted to kids. I normally I'm attracted to much. Uh, I'm attracted to different kinds of, of physically physically different types of women. Almost entirely not white, but but uh, I'll go I'll go in times you don't give a shit. But I'll I'll go in times where I, I feel really 
drawn, attracted to women with larger boobs. And then other times I don't, I don't give a shit about boobs. It's about their ass. Whatever. Um, some women might find that interesting. Maybe not. I don't know. Some women, I think, really want to clue in on how men's brains work, and other ones don't. But, uh, yeah, so I go back. Homegirl was on MDMA, and I gave her a hefty dose. Actually, like, later, it was like, I wonder if that was too much. Because she was just, she became fanatical in the whole thing of, like, she's like, I love you. I really actually love you. And I don't like her normal thing. She was just like, just touch me, just feel me. And she just couldn't stop touching me, which is not normal for her. Um, she could do that when she needed something or, you know, at the, during these moments in live, live, you know, real time, I didn't look at all of these things in a cynical way. But like leading up to her coming here, when we were securing, getting her, her, her fiancé visa... And after she got here, especially until she got we got married, there's different periods of this where she would do all the things that I loved. And she was the most charming little fucking fuck. Um, profoundly sexual. I have a high libido. Normally made to feel guilty about that. Um, you could attribute that to all kinds of psychoanalysis of what the hell's wrong with me. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm a very sexual person, um, which is part of my shame thing. I was made to feel incredible amounts of shame about that as a teenager, thanks to Josh McDowell and some of the other fucks. I've mentioned him before. If I remember meet, meet that motherfucker in real life, I will kick him in the ball so hard. Um... But yeah, uh, I saw a different personality, like a different person. Her facial expressions changed everything. It's like you can take on a different whole person, um, which is something like the other, the, the other night. She had said she was going to move out the next day, and I was like, so you already know where you're going to go? Dead silent. And I was like, if you already know where you need going, then why are you just locking yourself in the other room? It's fucking hot in here. The air conditioner's in that room. I'm fucking roasting. If you're leaving, and she's like, you know, she had all these different things. Like, well, can I come back? And I'm like, not if you're just going to um, see if you can live with another person. Like, if you've got a new new man. And I was like, you got to remember, like, when we talked about all this stuff, I always said, like, you know, A, if, if it's another woman, go crazy. Tell me all the details. It turns me on. I think it's great. I don't care. You can have as deep as a fucking relationship as you want. Come come home and tell me all about it. I will be fucking about it, about it. Uh, lesbian cuckold, I guess, would be the thing. <laughs> Like I'll I'll help I'll set it up <laughs> I'll drop you off. I'd rather be there, um, but if I can't, tell me all about it. She she would do that sometimes. Um, and then I was like, if it's a dude, that doesn't turn me on. That's harder for me to accept. 
And but I was like, if you make me feel secure in our relationship, you can basically do whatever you want. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, she tried really hard to make it look like she was fucking someone else, and then denied it the entire time. Um, she tried so hard to make it obvious and I kept being like you know and she'd offer information about what was going on without me even asking I was like you know just tell me first talk to me make sure that I'm cool with it at least care about my feelings about this because it's hard for me if you're going to be going to fucking another dude and I was also like, you know, you, we should have a good sex life before you're fucking somebody else. I don't want to be just the guy that's paying your phone bill while, while you're out fucking everyone else. Like, <laughs> I want to be included. Um, and, uh, yeah. But I saw a completely different person that night we took MDMA on a beach in Tulum. I was playing Kwang Bin. Como te sientes? No, was it Como te sientes? Or Como te siente? Then there's Como me, Como me te sientes? Am I mixing those two up? One's like, oh, how do I love you? The other one's like, oh, how you love me. Uh, fucking beautiful music. It was perfect. Everything was perfect. There's a slight breeze in the palm tree. There's a full moon. When I stop and think about it, I can still feel the sand between my toes. Uh, and uh, once she was going through the peak, the rush of, of the MDMA, she just couldn't stop touching me and telling me she, was lo she loved me. And she just kissed me all over the face. And she did something that she never did before and after. She, like, made out with me. Which is probably going to be one of the most embarrassing things I acknowledge is that she wouldn't make out with me. It was actually a whole thing. I had multiple discussions about it because there's no exact phrase translation of making out in Spanish. Spanish, like, had other things, like, with love, has multiple different words for love. There's quiero, amo. Um, they have different, uh, they all, they mean love, but they, they have different uh, connotations. Whereas in, you know, English, you can be like, I love tacos, or I love my child, you know, and it's the same fucking word, which is terrible. Um, Obviously, in Greek, they have, like, philos, agape, eros. they got different subcategories of love. I think it's very helpful. But she made out with me, tongue and everything. She never did before and never did after. She'd kiss me on the face, but she would never do that again. Toward the very end of our relationship recently, it got to be very much like I was having sex with a hooker. Never had sex with a hooker. 
I guess this was this was it. This was me having sex with a hooker. But instead of you going and paying a certain amount of money, I was paying for everything. You go to a hooker, you pay, you know, whatever. Let's say it's $100 an hour. 150 for anal or some shit like that. You do that, you pay, you get your thing. They don't kiss you. They don't uh, tossle your hair. They don't do any of that unless you're, like, I guess, paying for extra. You got the girlfriend experience thing. I've never done any of this. Never paid for sex in that way. Paid a tremendous amount in, in for cam sex. Uh, and I was a cam sex worker one day. Uh, people told me to commit suicide and shit like that. And I made not enough money. You have to make a certain amount before they pay out. So I actually made, like, negative money. Because I think I had to pay something to get the account. To process the account and process my credit card. Uh, never made money uh, being a sex cam worker. And I only did it for one day. It was just people hurling insults. That's that's for another time. But I'll, I can talk to you a bit about cam working. Um, both sides of it. Only a little bit. Me working it a lot from the other side. It's very interesting because it can be one of the most depressing and hardest jobs. People always think it's an easy job. Oh, you just sit there and masturbate to a camera all day. Uh, it can be one of the most um, body dysmorphic, um, psychologically fucked up jobs. You know, these, these people, girls and boys, uh, sitting there in front of a cam, they're staring at a dead, cold eye of a camera. They have to have to act sexy. Some of them, they're like, I, my, my mom needs an operation. I need to pay rent. They're there for 12 hours, 16 hours. They're just sitting there, and they have to look sexy even when they're not talking to somebody so that somebody clicks on the little thumbnail of their video to even get there. And then when they get there, some of these people love to just fuck with the person. They'll pay good money just to fuck with the person to degrade and abuse verbally the person. Um, then there's other people that just want, are lonely and like, you know, my wife would tell me that like people would get on there and pay a lot of money just for them to sit there and watch the, per the other person like smoke crack or something like that or talk about their problems. And they'd be all like, well, do you want me to masturbate? Do you want me to play with my boobs? What do you want me to do? And they're just like, yeah, I'm just going to smoke crack. And they'd do it for hours, pay hundreds of dollars. And then at the same time, there was times where it was like the funnest job in the world. Because you get on there, you're making crazy money. And you're masturbating and everyone's just telling you how amazing you are. It's just an ego fill, fill, um, filling thing. They got the music on point, they're dressed up, they put their makeup on, they're doing their thing, they're wearing the lingerie. People just are raining them with compliments. And they're, mast they're masturbating to it. <laughs> like, you know, there's a service thing. Like, you know, you, if you, let's say you work at a bar, you go in there and some nights a bunch of assholes, there's a, there's a sorority party or a bachelor party and they're all dicks and somebody throws up on the ground, nobody's tipping, everyone's demanding, it's hectic. People are assholes and entitled. And then there's other nights where it's like people come in. It's like, hey, Joe, how you doing? Here, here's your vodka tonic and yada, yada. And people talk and like, you know, it's like people. There's a mutual thing. Of like, hey, you feel respected and honored and served by the person. 
but it's not like a slave master thing. The person on the other side of the bar gets a, a feeling of like service. Like they know exactly what they're doing. They know how to make the best fucking hot toddy. They got a little special twist on it. They know that people love them and are going to tip them really well. And there's a, there's a mutual appreciation, a mutual respect. Same thing can happen with the cam, cam workers. Uh, it can be just like someone's raining more money on them that they've ever seen in their life while they're masturbating, while everyone's telling them how amazing they are. And if they're really good at putting on a personality, uh, my wife was fucking great at that shit. She was a charmer. She could be the most awful, disgruntled, miserable, wet cat in the rain. And then the other time, she could be like just fucking everything you ever fucking wanted. Everything you wanted fit into 110 pounds with the, the best ass and the most pretty darling little eyes. Anyways, you don't care about my uh, soon-to-be ex-wife's ass um, or and a lot of this. This has, has what this to do with a podcast about spirituality and a podcast about me trying to do an art project. Absolutely nothing and everything out at the same time. Um, the, the And so thing is, I need to focus. I need to meditate. I need to focus on refinding, rekindling my flow state and getting into a meditative calm where I let go of all my bullshit and my ego. And the ENSO is the thing where you uh, get back to something minimal where I can just focus on perfection of one thing. Perfecting, because there is no perfection in it. There's no perfection in anything. But that's a whole Japanese thing of striving for this minimalism yet this perfectionism. And... Uh, like I said before, there's the quote on, on Wikipedia. It's like, it's about getting to a place where the, you are free of the mind. How does it? Or the mind is free of everything else to create. That's what I need in my life. I need to make 10,000 of those motherfuckers. Um, 10,000 circles. It's going to be part of my therapeutic process. I've already talked. I have a, I have a friend... My only trans friend. We don't hang out that often, but I have a trans friend. Yes, it's like everybody else. I have one black friend. Well, I have, I have one trans friend, and um, she used to work in my industry, and now she is a sex therapist. I don't know if I'm going to ask her to be my therapist because we're already friends, but we don't. I haven't seen her in a year and a half. I'm already going to ask her. I need to find a therapist who does MDMA work or mushroom work or all the above. I need to talk to somebody about a whole lot of things. I need to fix what the problems are inside me that got me into all of this. And then I need to deal with this. This I'm walking around shaking. This is this, this fucked up. Everyone normally says I'm the most calmest, under fire person, the most like unaffected. Everything can be going wrong and people are like, you're just like the eye of the storm. You don't you don't you don't flinch. I'm like that in like very dangerous situations. I've had people threaten to kill me. Like I said earlier when I was working in a convenience store, and I've had a bunch of different situations like that where somebody really, really wanted me to know that they wanted to kill me. And uh, I was calm as shit until after, until after the situation was averted and I talked them through it or whatever. And, and then afterwards I'd just be 
overwhelmed with rage. Um, and just, you know, sometimes shaking. Not like this. This is something different. This feels different than anything ever I've experienced. I'm going to have a hard time with this. Um, this is going to be hard for me. Uh, I can already, I can already tell you. Um, I feel betrayed in a way I, I don't think I've ever, ever felt. So, um, Yeah, uh, I, I think that's it. I could tell you more about the weird body sensations I had last night while I was doped out on ketamine, um, or how that was a feeling. Did I finish that thought? I was talking about how there's hallucinations of other senses, but like last night was the sense of like something entered me, and I a voice in my head said like. She got you. She poisoned you. And uh, I guess that's it. I guess that's the story. I done been had. So uh, that's it for today. Like I say, on every one of these podcasts I've, I've done in the last little bit, um, I'm going to try to focus everything onto this project and others and me getting a job. At the same time, I've been telling you right now, tomorrow is about me talking to the lawyer and turning on, you know, like getting her cell phone taken care of because I, I've, I'm, I'm the one that bought it. I'm the one paying for it. Um, and, and some other things I need to take care of. Like now I need to protect myself in certain ways. And then once some of these things happen, I need to like start parking my truck on a different block somewhere um because I, I i don't know what she's all capable of i know one time she says there's only a few things she loves it's like her her mom her brother and her dogs she has two dogs and when she's really bad she said that one time she was having fantasies about poisoning her dogs to watch them die and then killing herself and uh, it was when she was like on and off medication she was trying out different ones which guess what don't work it, it, those medications made her more like a sociopath they made her gain weight they made her lose libido or at least that's what she claimed I mean, I think she said that she couldn't orgasm. Who knows about everything else? But she said she couldn't orgasm. She was gaining weight. She had didn't feel like she had any feelings. And then she said she was having like fantasies of uh, torturing or poisoning her dogs. I think that's about the extent. I think I've laid out more things than I uh, ever, almost every more than I have ever acknowledged to anybody else. And whatever. But we're gonna keep this anonymous. I don't want you to know my name. I don't want you to know who I am. I don't want people to send death threats to like my parents or something just because I'm a guy who, um, I don't know, whatever part of me that you, someone's going to hate. I'm sure somebody's going to hate some part of all of this and probably give me death threats that I'm a fake or I'm a this or I'm a that or who knows. 
what is the purpose of me putting this out? It's a document. Originally, it was a document towards me putting out this art project, and I guess it's part of it because it's part of my life right now. There's no way to not talk about this. There's no other good excuse for me to be like not having all of my websites up and connected and following through with everything I plan to do with them. And I'm not going to let her win in the sense of I'm not going to let her fuck me up so bad that I, I don't get anything done and I I need to get a job and I need to get this project up and I need to not harden my heart and become like her where I have so much of a wall build up around my own emotions and feelings and my own empathy Whenever I do, I'm going to do an ayahuasca session before I ever date anybody seriously again. And I think I'm going to, whenever that is, I'm going to find somebody who will do um, tantric meditative sex um, with me. Never found anybody that's willing to do that. Um, they all, there's plenty of them talk about it, but it's like the normal bait and switch. They're like, oh, I love to do that. And then when it comes time... They have excuses, and then when it really comes time, you're like, dude, we talked about this. You said over and over that you're into this, and now that we're trying to do it, you're not. And they're like, uh, well, you know, I just, I kind of said that, but I didn't really mean it. I really think that um, one in particular other person I dated in the last year, because I... I dated other women. I was real honest about it. I put it up on web, my website. Like, you know, part of me one day would be like to be in like a polyfidelity thruple to buy girls that love each other and love me. Something about that really fucking appeals to me. I'm sure like that's what every guy wants. You know, well, I'm I'm not special in a lot of ways. I like uh, I like sexy women. I'm just a regular dude. I like sexy women. I like to watch lesbian porn sometimes. I'm a regular fucking dude. I'm not fucking special. Um, what else? I'm dragging this out. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be known though. I think there's going to be people that are, are going to, this is just way too much information to put out. I don't need people commenting on my own shit or, you know, some asshole's going to like try to find my parents and let them know <laughs> that I'm talking about being a sex cam worker for a day. That would, that would fucking stuff like that would, 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 would fucking, uh, devastate them. Anyways, there's enough pain in the world. I don't want to add to it. I I don't want to add to it. And I'm going to be doing some therapy. I don't know where I'm going to get the money for it, but I, I I'm going to do something. And I'm going to I'm going to fix some of the th the problems I I have inside myself. Especially with this new realization. 5 years, man. 5 years. Tens and tens of thousands of dollars. So much time, emotional labor. And she got me.
Turn in tomorrow. Um, this has been... You can find me on social media shit. You can, yeah. Uh, I'll see you around.